0: welcome to another episode of the Wellness with Will podcast. I'm your host, William Bryant, your health and wellness champion. I want to start off by wishing everyone a great week. Uh, Welcome to the month of May. Uh, The month of May is truly filled with a lot of different fun and exciting things uh, from a health and wellness perspective, and I'm super happy to be able to continue to do this uh, and provide great tips and information for each and every single one of you. I hope that you find our first two episodes were useful or helpful uh, and maybe even a little bit of inspirational. Uh, But today we're going to move away from the physical wellness aspect for a brief moment and talk about something that's super important. And that is the fact that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And with that, I want to truly dive in to what mental health is, what mental health conditions look like. We want to talk about early warning signs and symptoms and even provide some tips for living well with a mental health condition. The other thing that I want to kind of dive into today is what can we do when we have that feeling or we have that part of us that tells us that we're not enough. So, sit back, hang tight, and listen. We're going to have a lot to talk about today and a lot of useful information and great tips. So, let's start off with talking about what mental health is. Mental health includes our emotional, our psychological, and our social well-being. It affects how we think, how we feel, and how we act. And it even helps determine how we handle stress, how we relate to others, and how we make our choices. Mental health is important in every single stage of our life, from childhood and adolescence, throughout our entire adulthood. Yes, it even affects those who were in their late nineties. Over the course of your life, if you experience mental health problems, your thinking, your mood, and maybe even your behavior could be affected. So what are some conditions that may be presented to those of us who either are currently dealing with a mental health condition or or for those of us who have not, but may in the future encounter mental health conditions? Well, I'm glad you asked. Mental illnesses are disorders ranging from mild to severe, and they truly affect the way a person thinks. It affects our mood and it even affects their behavior. it can affect all three. And according to the National Institute of Mental Health, nearly one in five adults live with a mental illness. Many factors contribute to mental health conditions. And one that I think is still super relevant for a lot of us today is the pandemic. We saw as a nation, a rise in mental health conditions as the, as the pandemic continued to go on, more and more people started to suffer from different conditions. Well, some additional kind of factors that contribute to these conditions are biological factors, such as your, your genes or your brain chemistry, life experiences. Again, that's where the pandemic kind of hits in that isolation is a life experience. But there are other life experiences such as trauma or abuse that can also contribute to your mental health conditions. Family history of mental health problems is another major factor. Some of these conditions include antisocial personality disorder, anxiety disorders, and that includes your generalized anxiety, panic disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders, phobias, or even social anxieties. Uh, ADHD is a mental health condition, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, Bipolar Disorder, Borderline Personality Disorder, Depression, which so many people suffer from, Eating Disorders, um, including Anorexia, Binge Eating, uh, Bulimia, PTSD is another condition that, that folks may suffer from, Schizophrenia, Seasonal Affective Disorder self-harm, and even suicide or suicide behavior. All of these are examples of conditions that folks may either currently be struggling with or may encounter at some point in their life. And a serious mental illness or SMI is a mental illness that interferes with a person's life or the ability to function. And despite common misperceptions, Having a serious mental illness is not a choice. It's not a weakness and it's not a character flaw. And I think as time has progressed, society is starting to embrace the acceptance of these types of disorders that folks may deal with. In the past, it was a little taboo to talk about your mental illnesses, but as we progress in today's society, These things are becoming more prominent, more common, and we're talking about them more, which is great. It's something that we have to continue to do. Now, a serious mental illness is not something that's just a phase or can be snapped out of at willpower. These are things that people truly suffer with day in and day out. And you're probably asking yourself, well, what are the warning signs? What are the symptoms? How do I know if I'm suffering from from one of these um, illnesses? Well, If you're experiencing any of the following items that I'm going to list out here, or even the behaviors, these can be early warning signs of a problem. For instance, eating or sleeping too much or too little could be a sign. Pulling away from people, unusual activities could be a sign of depression or anxiety or a social disorder. Having low or no energy, even if you're feeling numb or like nothing matters. Some folks who have mental illnesses recall having um, unexplained aches and pains or that feeling of helplessness or hopelessness. If you're feeling unusually confused, forgetful, on edge, angry, upset, worried, or, or scared for no reason, you can't put your thumb on the reason why, that in and of itself could be an early warning sign. If you're experiencing severe mood swings that causes problems in your relationships, or if you're having persistent thoughts and memories that you can't get out of your head, or maybe you're hearing voices or believing that things, uh, that are there are not true, uh, thinking of harming yourself or others, or even the ability to perform daily tasks, like taking care of your kids or getting to work, or maybe you're someone who's going to, to college and you're having, you know, trouble getting to college because of these tasks that are just so difficult and and overbearing for yourself. These are all signs, early warning signs and symptoms of a problem existing. So what are some things that we can do? How do we live well with any of these conditions? Well, having a mental health condition can make it a struggle to work or keep up with school or stick to a regular schedule to keep those healthy relationships or even socialize. However, with early and consistent treatment, or even a combination of medication or psychotherapy, it's possible to manage these conditions or overcome challenges and lead a meaningful, productive life. Today, there are tools and evidence-based treatments and even social support systems that help us feel better and pursue our goals. So some of these tips, tools, and strategies include sticking to a treatment plan. Even if you feel better, don't stop going to therapy or taking your medication without speaking with your doctor. You want to make sure you work with a doctor to safely adjust doses or medication if needed to continue your treatment plan. You want to keep your primary care physician updated. Primary care physicians are a very important part of a long-term management plan, even if you also see a psychiatrist you wanna learn about your condition. It's best to be educated so that you can help stick to your treatment plan. Education can also help your loved ones be more supportive and compassionate. You also wanna practice good self-care. Control stress with activities such as medication or meditation, um, eat healthy, maybe use a little exercise and even get enough sleep. You wanna reach out to your family and friends and maintain those relationships with other people. This is going to be super crucial in these times of crisis or rough spells to have someone in your corner that you're comfortable with, that you can talk to. You want to work on developing coping skills. These in and of itself can help you develop and, and deal with stress easier. And you also want to get enough sleep. Good sleep helps to improve your brain performance. It helps to improve your mood, your overall health. And if you're consistently getting poor sleep, it's going to be associated with anxiety and depression and even other mental health conditions. So you want to make sure you're striving for at least an average of seven to nine hours of sleep per day. This can truly help you feel more refreshed, can help you with that stress, that anxiety, or the the depression, or any other mental health conditions you may be experiencing. Now, a lot of times with some of these conditions, we get this feeling as though we're not enough. We're not born feeling inadequate folks. Life experiences and emotions create that sense of feeling as though we're not enough in a variety of ways. For example, when we're little, we're felt, you know, we start to feel afraid and anxious. And maybe sometimes when we're feeling afraid and anxious, our minds are telling us that something is wrong with us, not our environment. And we have to understand that a child's mind, not yet rational, can conclude that there must be something wrong with me if I feel so bad. That's why children who are abused or neglected grow up to be adults who carry so much shame. They've probably spent years telling themselves, I must be bad if I'm being treated badly. But as adults, we're armed with education on emotions and how childhood adversity affects the brain. And that we can understand that feeling of not enough is a byproduct of an environment that was insufficient. Because at the end of the day, we are in fact enough. And to make that feeling of enough more solid, we have to work to transform that not enough feeling into that feeling of being enough. And one way to do that is to transform our old beliefs and work with them as separate parts of ourselves. With some mental energy, we can start to eternalize or externalize ailing parts of us, and then relate to them in ways that heal old wounds. We can remind ourselves again and again, that our feelings of not enough are learned. We can connect to the part of us that feels bad and offer it compassion like we would for our child or our partner or a colleague or a friend or even a pet. And one of the other things that we can do is to practice deep belly breathing five or six times in a row to calm our nervous system. We can exercise to get that adrenaline flowing and create a sense of empowerment. And we can even remember a very helpful phrase, which is compare and despair. So when you catch yourself making comparisons to others, Stop. It only hurts you because it fuels those feelings and thoughts of not enough. In the long run, we heal the parts of us that feel inadequate by first becoming aware of them. Once we are aware, we can listen to them and try to fully understand the story of how they came to believe they were not enough. Over time by naming, validating and processing the associated emotions both from the past and the present, not enough can truly become enough. Now folks, if you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, keep in mind that help is available. Call or text 988 or chat988lifeline.org. The Lifeline Chat and Text is a service of the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, formerly known as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It connects individuals with crisis counselors for emotional support and other services via web chat or texting. All chat text, and text centers in the Lifeline network are accredited by either American Association of Suicidology or the International Council of Helplessness. Lifeline chat and text is available 24-7 across the U.S. and certain territories. So remember folks, help is out there. I hope this has been informative and that you've gathered some good tips, folks. Hope everyone continues to have a fantastic week. Remember to stay happy, stay positive, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now, folks.